Welcome to episode 62 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! Yes. Oh. It's, it's a birthday. It's a Hillary's <laughs> birthday podcast. <laughs> That's right. My birthday's coming up. Yes. Very exciting. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I used to throw myself birthday parties, girl, in my 20s, before I had my own children, who then... You throw the appropriate, yes. that's who you, this appropriate for you to throw birthday parties for. I had 80s roller skating parties. I had a time when I hired a karaoke guy no. with his whole setup came to my house and did a whole karaoke night. My God. Can, honey, can I jello tell you, shots? <laughs> can I tell you, I'm going to tell you a birthday story for me because okay. I'm someone that I'm like, no, don't, don't yes. throw me a I'm birthday I'm like that party. too. But then when you sent me a text and you're like, we want to do something for yeah. birthday. I'm like, uh, me? Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, I was at a restaurant with uh, my old roommate, Deborah Dew. Deborah Dew. I don't know if she listens to Deborah Dew. Well, I call call her Deborah Dew. I like it. And uh, she, you know, we were there and it was my birthday. It was just like me, her and another friend, Beverly. And I, and I, she's like, we're going to do the cake at the restaurant. And I'm like, I'm like, no, (laughs) like do, please do not do the cake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're eating dinner. Everything's fine. Then the next thing you know, they're like, here they come. (laughs) And so I, I was so, so annoyed <laughs> and they came to the table and they're all singing. They put the cake with the candle and I, and I licked my, my finger and I just went, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, she knows she had that Tony Soprano face on. I, How I dare was just you. like, Ugh. yeah. And then, the, and the singers were just like, uh, oh, it was a very awkward. <laughs> dark. <laughs> so dark. Oh my God, Tina. I love that story. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I have to tell you, I've been talking about this recently, um, or anytime it's my birthday now, since I'm turning 43, darling. Oh yeah, I'm a little baby. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just a little baby. Um, when I turned 40, 40 was like my scary age. I was like, oh God, please. But it, there's something about turning 40 that I would let everybody in the world know is the greatest thing that's ever yes. happened. It's like the most freeing. And it's so funny because one of the things I wanted to talk about this morning is my friend Josh, who lives in Orlando. Anytime I, there's, you know, a lot of bands don't come down here. I'm a big indie rock girl. Manny and I were just talking yeah. about that. And He's like, South why Florida. are we living here? No one yeah. comes. No one no. comes. And even when like a band I really love, that's like a small band. And when I find out, oh, they're on tour. Oh, great. Yeah. I look and it's like, well, Orlando is as far as we're going. Yeah, we just, we just saw yourself. the mountain goats had put yes. some stuff out and it's they're ridiculous. not, they're not coming. So I dr- I'll go up to Orlando. I'll drive up there in the middle of the week to see a show. Like I don't, whatever. And so Josh, my friend Josh lives there now. So he's my go-to person of like, do you want to go see these, go see this band with me? I'll get you a ticket. Like, just come with me. Yeah. And I met him here. He was from Kentucky. He came down here for work and I met him here and we became friends so quickly and we're like inseparable for a year and a half at least or two years. Oh, I love this. Until he moved to Orlando. But or maybe it was Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando situation. Anyway, he listens to the podcast. So every Josh. couple of months, oh, he's the best. So every couple of months, oh, by the way, he's the one who helped us with Anna Eskamani. He knows yes. a friend of a friend of Anna Eskamani, got her on the show. Thank you. Um, anyway, he wanted to check in with me last night. And so we talked for a couple hours and he's, he's a creative guy. He's an artist. He yes. owns his own company where they do design and all of this stuff. And, and so, he's really nice. I met him. Oh, that's right. A at, podcast. At yes. Yes. Very, very nice. So he just got a, they got a new house and in his art, in his office, like, you know, everybody's on zoom now. So behind him is just this blank wall. And he's like, I'm going to do this like Sharpie design where I do a Sharpie and I'm just designing. And he showed me a little bit of on, on FaceTime. 
And he's like, but I want it to be like a story. I want it to be about my life <gasps> and things that have happened in my life. And he's like, I'm getting goosebumps yeah, from this. He's just the best. He's the best guy. And he's like, and there's this moment that we shared in our <gasps> friendship that I'm going to include on this wall. This is And I was so like, bro, beautiful. yeah. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Because we hit it off with music. That's like, yeah, has, our friendship, that's where it started. So he's like, do you remember you drove me home one night to this little, he had this little shitty apartment off Los Olis. And he's like, you drove, drove me there. And when I was getting out of the car, he said to me, have you heard the new White Stripes Icky Thump album? And he said, no. And, and I was like, get back in the fucking car right now. <laughs> and we listened to the entire thing. Oh, I love this. And um, there was a song called, there's a song called Little Cream Soda, I believe it's called. And it's a part where it goes, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. Like he, Jack yeah. White just keeps saying, oh, well, oh, well. And he's like, I think about that song all the time. Like all I wanted was this cold ice cream and then saying, oh, well, like I'm not going to get it. He's like, yeah. but that's like your 40s. Where like shit happens, you're like, well, what? that's the fucking, yes, that's life. Like that's how cares? it happens. And, um, oh, I so love this. that made me really laugh last night. So he's going to draw that album on the, <gasps> on the wall, which is cool. And, um, he also, uh, so when I thought about him, I'm doing this thing on my Instagram stories called vinyl time. Yeah. I talk about, I pick one album out of my vinyl collection. I talk about a little bit about it just because I love music so much yes. and it just means so much to me. And I picked a Benjamin Booker album this week or a couple, like yesterday because of Josh. It made, I knew I was going to talk to him that night. Yeah. It made me think about him. But um, he's, he's so on the phone last night, you're going to love this. He said to me, you know, if you guys ever need a design, because he's <gasps> an artist. He's like, you should let me know. He goes, well, it's funny because I talked to this guy that works for me. And I said, he said to the guy, I need a drawing of LBJ with a huge boner. Can you send <gasps> that to me? <laughs> I said, it says like BDE. And I was what? like, what? Yeah, what? for us, Wait, for us. And what? I was like, Josh, I need what? that like on a coffee cup right now. Right now. Right now. And Hello? he was like, anytime, anytime. Oh I go, my God. I Like a million ideas are going yeah. through my I brain. I said, well, Tina wants... Rod Blagojevich on an Elvis yes, like Jehoshua I said Rock. and he's I'm like and don't offer because I'm gonna he's like Hillary anything you need <gasps> I will draw it and I was like Josh, ah! Josh yeah so get ready for awesome we're gonna be doing that oh muck merch muck merch yes muck merch um, merch. Yeah. So I also <laughs> wanted to congratulate you on your appearance on Hell is Full of Dads which is oh. our favorite buddies our oh. loves and you were so good I'm only an hour and a half in but I'm, it's because it's a super long, it's like it's, over two hours. It's, it's long. But it's so good. It's really good. You're amazing. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. The stories that are not talked about on this podcast that are Tina's life experiences are fucking incredible. And it's, you've lived a life. You've <laughs> I, lived a life. I have. And, um, you're going to make me cry. Well, I woke up a little, I woke up a little down today. So I'm probably going to cry too. But like, I just feel like, there's things that we can't share for to, to for obvious reasons. Things have to stay private, fine. Right. But the uh, listening to you talk about this commune story, oh. uh, it scared me. Oh. And it was like cool, but it also scared the fuck out of me because I would be scared living there. And oh. what you described about the guy who worked there, go listen oh. to Hell is Full of God, Full of Dads to hear this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. But I thought to myself, Tina had been through so much to get to that place, which was also scary. You know? Yeah. And uh, I just think that you're incredibly strong. And oh I'm like so God, no. proud to say that you're my friend. My and God. to sit across from you every oh week is God. like an honor for me because I love you so much. <gasps> I'm serious. Like I can't even tell you. If we ever get to a point where we're making millions of dollars on this motherfucking thing. And you can say fuck off to your job and so can I. Oh. Um, 
the people that the, the <laughs> stories you will hear from this woman it's Aww. incredible so I don't know I was that's I'm an hour and a half in and that's where I'm at with you like I'm already like so in love with Tina still oh my god still I, in love. oh my god I love you I know well <laughs> it's wait this is your birthday show so, <laughs> so we have to turn it back to Hillary because oh. I can't wait for your present oh yeah I'm gonna open my Tina has a present for me we'll um, open it after the story after the story okay couple, I am like <laughs> dying, dying. <laughs> that's all I've been talking about oh my god I can't wait well I <laughs> so a couple more things so um before I get into like promotion stuff, there is a story I've never told you. Oh, yes. Okay. So you're oh obsessed God. with Sopranos. Obviously, if yes. you're a fan of this show or you're listening for the first time, Tina is a first generation American. Her parents are straight from Italy. And so, but the the thing I always find so compelling about Italians, especially like first generation, is their obsession with like mob stuff. It yeah, makes me I, crazy. I'm just like, why would this be a thing? Yeah. But it really is. It's like a cultural thing. Yeah. For well, Italians. but some, but some Italians don't like it. I, I know. Like so the guy I know, covered who was like, oh, it's this bad story. I, 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 I know Italian Italians that yes. don't like it. Yes, yes, yes. And even some family members. Okay. So, well, Tina's obsessed with Sopranos, right? And she listens to Talking Sopranos. Yes. So I was looking at Talking Sopranos and I saw this picture come up on their Instagram and I was like, God, that looks like the guy who plays AJ. I don't know if he's ever been on, but maybe he was on. He was on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. I'm like one degree away from that guy. And I completely forgot that I know someone who is good friends with that actor. What? Dude. So my friend Alexis. Well, with Baby Bing? Baby B. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Isn't what? this crazy? This is, I'm, I can't, okay. I, I, need I can't to, believe I, need to I sat every... here for a year and a half. Yeah, I, I never told I, you I, this. I can't even. So a friend of mine, Alexis, and her sister, Brooke, they're from New Jersey. And Alexis came down here to go to school. That's how I met her. Et cetera, et cetera. She's lovely. And I love her so much. Her sister, Brooke, moved to the city. And is probably like three or four years younger than me. I was like hanging out in the city, working there, whatever, going to school. She met a girl who was good friends with that actor who plays AJ Soprano. And then Brooke becomes friends with AJ Soprano. And this is while he was on, it might've been towards like the last season of the show or whatever. He was at her wedding. Like there's pictures of him at her wedding. Isn't this crazy? (laughs) It's like, I can't believe I've never told you that. Which means, by the way, that means we're two degrees away from Bobby Bacala. And Michael yeah. Imperioli. Like, I mean, we're this close. We're right there. We're two we're right steps there. away from, like, you getting yes. on Talking Sopranos. Robert Eiler. Y- yes, yes, Robert Eiler. Anyway, I thought that was a great... I, I can't believe um, I've never told you my Sopranos connection. I can't believe that you're connected to, to yeah. Baby Bang. <laughs> Which is really, like, a loose connection. <laughs> it's but a pretty still, distant connection. Still. That's a one, <laughs> one degree away. Yeah. So that's my little Sopranos wow. thing. Um, okay. A couple of, like, promo stuff. Oh. Um, I know we're like 10 minutes in, but hang in there people. So, um, Emma Cullum, who's a very good friend of ours and her husband, <gasps> um, James have a thing called the Cullum Supper Club. C-O-L-L-U-M. Look them up on Instagram. It is amazing. They made you food, food when you were going through your, from after your surgery, right? Yeah. And I think I said it then and I'll say it yes. again now that my son who eats nothing. Yeah. Gobbled down that lasagna. like. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've never seen happen before. Yeah. So he's, so, so James like wants to be a chef. Like he wants to do a pop-up thing. Like he, this is his dream is to do yeah. all of this stuff. And they've been putting meals up and recipes it's beautiful. and things like that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And Emma, of course, is the biggest cheerleader for everybody on the planet. Oh so of God. course for her husband, like this is a thing. Yes. So I was with her yesterday uh, to drop lit for a candidate and she was like, oh my God, I have the best idea. 
do you have you ever seen SNL sweaty balls? And I was like, yes. <laughs> she was like, we should do a crossover of like muck and column supper club, like do a live yes. like, cooking thing. And I was like, I, sweaty balls and that sound exactly the oh, same. And we should do that. God. So we're going to do that. We're going to do a live like cooking. And so I said, it's got to be meatless because I'm a vegetarian. And so we're going to do some sort of pasta. There's so many pastas you can do. So we're going to do like an Italian, I think, pasta themed thing where you guys can watch us in the kitchen with James. I will be cracking up uh, everybody in the room and eating all the food. Oh and my Tina God. will be going, I got to oh <laughs> tell you, this is a perfect segue into oh. my new obsession. Yeah. I am obsessed with these Italian boys on TikTok. Oh, you told, you sent me that. I, I am obsessed with them. Have you seen, I've been posting like their, <laughs> like I mean, their, I saw a fruit in like the spaghetti or And he's screaming. Yes. It's so fun. I don't know why they make me laugh so much because the, the one in the background, he's got the cross and he's just yeah. like holding yeah. the cross yeah. up like, well, how dare you? How dare you? And then, uh, the other guy always like goes to his mom, like, yeah. and, and he's a like, mom, can, can we make, and, and then the, she'll throw like the jambata or she'll throw like the slipper at his head. Like get, get out of here. It's jambata? so, yeah, the, the jambata. Yeah, <laughs> and they have, I can't stand it oh, well. and they're adorable P.S. No, they're, really they're adorable oh, of course P.P.S. I mean, they're Italian hello P.P.S. they're singers oh and they do covers of like Italian songs that I love like they oh, do La Italiano and I'm like oh my god you probably don't even know any of these I songs, don't know but- what, even when you sent it to me I'm like I don't know what they're saying but it's oh, funny oh, oh it's so I don't know I obsess yeah that sounds awesome obsess and what's their name on TikTok their names are Lionfield Music. Okay. Italians, musicians, funny TikTok videos. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, as we're, well, I mean, if we're going to start promoting things, I wanted to promote a podcast of some guys that have been like super supportive of us on Twitter. Like every week they retweet our stuff. We were talking about this morning. Oh, the they're like the Trekkies. Yes, the yes, Trekkies. Yes, so, yes, So we were talking about it. We did a podcast thing this morning and I was telling the group how uh, amazing it is to be on, to have a podcast because what you find is like podcast family yes. and everybody is really super supportive of each other and they'll just retweet your stuff or whatever. Yeah. Just because people who listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts, whether it's about politics or love or Star Trek yeah. or whatever, if they're into podcasts, promo. I've asked for that. <gasps> so there's a podcast called um, Keeping Up with the Cardassians, yes. which, by the way, is a brilliant fucking name. It's funny. Um, and one of the hosts on there, the one who opens the show, he makes mistakes and says Kardashians all the time. Oh, that's funny. Which makes me laugh. But I don't, they're, they're, they just focus on um, Deep Space Nine. Which oh, is a, oh, a only Star one. Trek. Oh, yeah, only one go Star episode, Trek? Yeah, and they go episode by episode. And I don't know anything about oh. <laughs> so, Deep Space Nine. But I grew they, up with Trek. My whoa. mom, my mom was a Trekkie, and my bro- and my brother's a Trekkie. Get out of here! No. So do you know Deep Space Nine? I so <laughs> I am not a Trekkie. She's so bothered right now. I'm not a Trekkie. However, out of all the Star Treks, like the original Star Trek yeah. is one, just because it's so kitschy. Like yes, you know, like I, yeah, I can I can kind of get down with that a little bit. Mm. But my mom and my brother, dear God, they watched like every yeah. You know, well, because everyone. of connecting on Twitter, you know, because they're so supportive, I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to this podcast. And I've listened, I think, every single week since we've started. They oh, start, nice. And I don't know anything about Deep Space Nine. But what happens is they relate a lot of what's happening on the show to, like, what's happening right now in politics or life or like hey how would you feel about if this was you and it's so fucking interesting and then they also have bonus episodes that talk about like 
what's your top five TV characters or whatever. And they get into like really cool pop culture stuff. So I that just want lots of fun. Yeah. But I was like, they're so supportive. I'm like, Hey, yes. we should swap promos. That would be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. So keeping up with Cardassians, check them out. And, um, yes. So finally, before we get started, here we are 16 minutes in. Sorry. Um, Lil Muck came out Friday oh with my Emmanuel God. George, and it's such a great episode. So People, good. like, the reaction has been amazing. Yeah. So check out that. And then also, the next two Lil Mucks, I'm going to cry, Tina. Like, yeah, if we mm. get to record, like, I we know. plan, we have it on the books. If yes. those, if we can pull those two off um, next week, we're recording them. Yeah. If we it's, can pull them so off, exciting. it's going to blow this podcast out of the fucking water. Like, it's going <laughs> to be amazing. And... They're I, just incredible they're, women. They're two incredible women. Yeah. And I, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am. So please stay tuned for all of that yes. stuff that's coming up. Put the good mojo out. Please say a prayer. Say a little prayer for me. Ooh. All right, Tina, you are first this week. Okay. Well, today I'm going to tell you the story of former chief judge of New York State of Appeals, mm. Sol Walkler. Okay. So Sol Walkler was first elected to the New York Court of Appeals in 1972 and was named chief judge in 1985. But when a steamy love affair ends and harassment begins, this judge trades the bench for a jail cell. Oh, good. We're going to get some justice maybe today in one of these. Let's go. All right. So our story takes place in New York. And though Sol was born in Brooklyn, He lived in Long Island for a good while after becoming an attorney. So, you know, as usual, I'm going to give a bit of background. I'm not deep diving, but Mm -hmm. I want to give you a little bit of who this guy was. So I want to focus on some of his work as a judge as well, because that's where he earned notoriety. Okay. And according to the Historical Society of New York Courts, uh, their bio of him after completing law school at Washington and Lee University, and this was in the late 40s, I couldn't get an exact date of like graduation. He did a two-year volunteer stint during the Korean War. Mm. He moved back to New York to practice law. And then in 1963, he's elected to councilman of the town of North Hempstead and later town supervisor. Okay. Then he runs and loses a bid for county executive of Nassau County. Um, So that's happening in the 60s. And then in 1968, he's appointed to the state Supreme Court by then Governor Nelson Rockefeller. And then at age 42, he won the seat at the New York State of Appeals as a judge in 1972. So he's got this really prestigious career. And he's pretty young to kind of work his way up at that age and and hitting that, um, uh, winning that election for the New York State of Appeals. And as a judge, this is where he starts making a name for himself. And the Historical Society bio paints him in a positive light. Um, He's described as not only handsome, Mm. but winsome. He's got this great comedic timing that some people thought that a popular comedian at the time wrote his speeches because he had an ability to kind of like put in a zinger or say something (sighs) and get the crowd kind of engaged and these same, you know, leave comedy to people who are actually like, you know, need to do it for a living. Right. But he was really good at it. That was the thing. Like people were like, who's writing your speeches? Yeah. But it was him. So he was very talented. Mm-hmm. And he had the and these same oratory skills like start earning him speaking engagements. Wow. So typically, you know, you don't if you're going to a convention or certain things like there's a politician speaking, but it's rarely a, a judge is one of them. Right. You know. But he's getting these speaking engagements with other high-ranking political officials because he just has, like, a really good way with words. Mm-hmm. And 
again, this charisma, he's good looking, all of this stuff. And he's also famous for coining the phrase, indict a ham sandwich. What? So allegedly, and you'll see this kind of like everywhere, um, where that DAs have so much power over a grand jury, they could indict a ham sandwich. And wow. so sometimes people still use that phrase, like to talk about the prowess of like I've a particular, yeah, inve- you know, a DA or prosecutor or something. So yeah, that was like a famous thing that he coined. Hmm. So his judicial career. One website cited a biography on uh, Walkler that noted he struck down an exemption to a rape law, and which was pretty cool because at the time, married men mm. were exempt Jesus. from rape. And he fought to make sure that that wasn't the case to say it doesn't ma- matter if you're married or not married. Mm. A married man can rape his wife and there shouldn't be a marital exemption to this. So he um, fought to put an end to that. And another site that reviewed his biography noted that he broadened the law in terms of discrimination against women. It's, it was women or the obese in the workplace hmm. so that they weren't discriminated against and also supported the gay community at a time when people weren't really wow. supporting the gay community. Right. And he was considered a liberal Republican. So he's from New York and he's from sort of this Upper East Side kind of New York, mm-hmm. you know, which is more liberal. So right. that kind of makes sense that he's a liberal Republican there. And the Historical Society of New York Courts also notes that he was a champion of the free press. He worked to make the courts more fair to women, children, and minorities. So he, you know, he did a lot of good work. I, 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 I cannot get caught up in that. I'm looking at you. I'm nodding. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Because so the shoe, the other shoes are about to fall. So the major incident. Yeah. Oh, God. Back in 1988, 89, hmm. Walkler, who was still married to his wife of about 36 years, Joan Wol- Wolosoff, began an affair with one Joy Silverman. And according to Catherine Manigold's New York Times article, Walkler in in his early 60s at the time, (laughs) fell for Silverman, who was an heiress in her 40s. She was also married, but she was separated from her husband. Okay. So Manigold also reports that it kind of like says that there was this father-daughter relationship, like mentor it grew, I hate that, by the way, because it's like he was probably into her from the beginning. Of course. 20 but, years younger? Hello. So she writes that they ran in the same circle. So this is like super elite yeah. New York. Right. 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 And these are families with deep pockets that have, you know, like rich yes. families. Yeah. The elite upper crust. And they would see each other um, at different functions, at different events, so uh, social gatherings mm-hmm. and all of that. So they're around each other all of the time. And Walkler actually worked for her by helping her manage her trust. So she had this huge trust. Okay. He's helping her manage the trust. And so basically what started out as a friendship evolved into something more. This happens all the time, right? I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's not, I mean, the affair, yes, it sucks. He has an affair. Does that have any effect on his ability to judge? No. It's what happens at the end of the affair that really is the issue. So Manigold explains that, this affair went on for a few years, and then it kind of just sputters out. And she posits that Silverman may have kind of grown away from the relationship because she's separated from her husband. She's the heiress to all of this money. She's expanding her social circles. She's getting involved in more, 
you know, volunteer and sort of philanthropy and all of that. And so like, she's kind of growing, right. And that maybe she didn't need him as much anymore. Right. right? right, And so she's kind of just, you know, whatever. I'm not that into you anymore. I mean, it happens. It does happen. I mean, I'm about to be 43. I can't imagine trying to have a conversation with a 23 year old let alone having an affair that goes on for years. What the fuck are you even talking about with that person? So our guy Walkler, though, he can't let her go. Oh, boy. And when he finds (laughs) out Uh that she's been hooking up with a younger beau, of course, he puts a wild plan into action. Oh, my God. I love this. Wait a minute. Wait, he's in his 60s? He's in his 60s. (laughs) And he's married. He's got children. Well, that doesn't matter. Married. You know, like he's busy. He's got a busy life. He's busy. Like, okay, so this affair ended. Go back to your wife. Like, you didn't leave your wife, so clearly. It's called the magic of the vagina. Uh, (laughs) She's got a magical vagina. Yes, she does. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he's in love. He's in love. Yeah, right, right, right. So Diane Jean Schemo of the New York Times offers some more details into this bizarre story. She reports that Silverman starts receiving hang-up calls, mm. which can be scary. All right. Yes. Okay? Especially- you're at home, yeah. you're single, you have your kids, and like people are yeah. calling and hanging up. Oh, my God. But then this starts to escalate. Oh. The, the calls start to escalate, and then she starts to receive obscene letters in the mail. And one such letter was addressed to her then 13-year-old daughter, and it what? had a condom in the letter. What? Yes. Okay, so now as a mom, she's probably freaking out. Yeah. Okay. And then more phone calls That's start so happening. Gross. That's and this so is, fucking gross. And this is going on for a number of months. And, you know, I would imagine that she would be scared to death. Yeah. So things start to escalate even further. Mm. And Anzalone, Bebe, and Herbeck of the Buffalo News wrote that then a toothless Texas PI named David Purdy requests $20,000 from Silverman or else he would release some compromising photos of Silverman with her new little boy toy. And this Purdy would like show up and like drop off letters and then more phone calls start coming in uh, using a, like a voice distorter. So like what they couldn't the tell. Yeah. So really, really weird. So who is this PI? Yeah. Is it someone that Walkler hired to get the goods on Silverman? No. No. The man in the Stetson hat, string tie, and cowboy boots was the high-bred, respected, and dapper New York judge in disguise. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. He, How is that fucking even possible? He dressed up. He put on a costume. And nobody recognized <laughs> that it's the same toothless. I don't know. Like, like put what? a piece of black like something this. over his t- What in the fuck? Yeah. How can people be so weird? How can somebody be normal and then all of a sudden go off the fucking deep end? So this is the thing. So how did things go down? So the thing with, I mean, this is the thing. You know, he's married, but he's obsessed with this other woman. He can't let it go. Mm. And he completely unravels because she won't be with him. And in his mind, or at least in his courtroom defense, he claimed that his hope was to scare her back into his arms. Like, do all of this stuff freak her out so that she turns to him. Wow. And he could be the one to protect her. What a plan. It's a plan. I mean, it is a plan. It's a plan. It's It's not a a good plan. (laughs) It's not a good plan. plan. I I was reading this and and I just, like, it's like, let someone go. No, listen, uh, you know, I got to say, it's like. Let them go. But when you're in a bad 
I'm sure his marriage wasn't great. Like, there's no reason someone has a great marriage and then they're out there like, hey. Yeah. Uh, and but sometimes, with well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure his wife could have been a wonderful person, but he just wants, you know. No, it's, of course. Oh, I can't yeah. even get into this. Let's go. Ugh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I know. So Bullshit. his plan backfires, though, because remember, these are all connected people and they oh, have God. all political connections and this and that. And she doesn't turn to him. Oh. Instead. Yeah. She turns to her buddy in the FBI and says, hey, this thing is going on. Like, I'm freaked out. And the FBI gets involved Mm. and they start an investigation. And according to Wolf's New York Times article, the agents aren't sure where the threats are coming from. Right. They know that letters have come. They know that phone calls are happening. They know that there's this guy in the Stetson hat, like dropping stuff off. But they don't know that it's him. Like, he's this prominent Wow. New York judge. Wow. Right. It, this is incredible. Like they have, they would never in a million years, like think that this is him, you know? Yeah. So, but it's the thing that bothers me the most about it is that, you know, when like Superman, when Clark Kent has the glasses on, like yeah. nobody knows it's Superman yeah. and a lot of Shakespeare's like that. Am I right? Yeah. Where they like have one little thing off and it's like, I don't recognize this person. Yeah. <laughs> How in the hell I know. is this, this costume is that good where they uh, don't know? Apparently. Oh my God. Well, but he's not talking to her though. You know, right, he's it's dropping like, stuff off. It's dropping front. stuff off or handing something, you know, so the, the, all they know is, oh, this but he's is- texting. So is it talking with and it? Like, does I, he have a whole thing going yeah, on? Yeah, that I don't, that I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. So they learn that, uh, you know, this writer is claiming to be using Purdy, right? The PI. Right. And there's supposedly these incriminating photos of Silverman and her lover, which was uh, David Samson. And he was a a little younger than her, but he was separated from his wife and Mm -hmm. whatever. They're together. Because they're the feds and they're smart as fuck, Mm -hmm. they focus on one of the letters. And Wolf writes that, this particular letter asked Silverman to place a classified ad in the paper with a phone number, and then the mystery man would call and offer the blackmail amount. So the number she gives mm. isn't her phone. It's a phone they set up in her apartment, Whoa. right? Because it's the FBI, and they're able to trace where it comes from. So imagine their surprise like that when it, things lead back to this judge. So, so he calls the number. He sees the ad and calls the number. He calls the number, but he oh calls from God. different places. Okay. And well, um, yeah, get, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wolf cites one of the calls and yeah. I'm going to, this is uh, from one of the recordings quote, you're going to get a letter from me and you better listen to every word of it and do what it tells you to do, or you're going to be in serious, deep trouble. And you're not going to see your daughter again. You <gasps> hear me? I'm a sick and desperate man and you'll be hearing from me. Shit. Yeah, I mean, he threatens to kidnap her daughter. What in the fuck, yeah. man? So they're calling it. They're, they're coming in regularly and from all over. There's th- different payphones, but when they get to one of the payphones and they they lift the prints, one of those prints match this judge. Oh but, my god! But again, it could be I happen to use that phone. That you know, it's not. It's still circumstantial. Okay. So then, hello, another, Yeah, another. Finger, uh, another call comes in from a casino and the judge is staying at this casino, casino hotel for a conference. Mm-hmm. So it's coming in at the same time. They, so, so they're putting it together. Right. Yeah. Um, the, and, and can you imagine, I mean, you get, I mean, how much until it's not circumstantial anymore? Like how we get three or five things, three or four things that are like, it's all pointing to this right. one person. Well, then they're trailing him and they witness him giving documents. So this is the thing that he would do too. Like he would give the letters to like a housekeeper or to a taxi driver and say, deliver this to 
And so they never had like the exact person and they would describe someone in a Stetson hat or whatever it was gave me, you know what I mean? So wow. he, I mean, this is elaborate. Yes. This is an elaborate thing. For so some poon. I know. <laughs> and so when they go to arrest him, one of the letters, it was supposed to be like this exchange and he kind of was getting nervous because they said he was circling the block. He was, you know, like it was like he was hesitating and then he gives uh, documents to a taxi driver and that's when they catch him. Wow. And they swarm in and boom, they arrest him. A longtime friend and attorney, David Gold, told this Chicago Tribune after, because this was a huge story, like this judge doing this, uh, says, quote, I would have sooner believed that Mother Teresa was a serial killer than believe that Sol Walkler had done any of the things alleged in the complaint. Wow. I mean, like, they, you know, he was this upstanding guy. Like, they wouldn't, it was shocking to everyone. So the charges, according to Malcolm Gladwell, do you believe Malcolm Gladwell wrote an article about this? I love Malcolm Gladwell. I don't he's know who a, that Oh, is. he's a writer. Okay. <laughs> David and Goliath. Okay. Um, he, he does like essays and nonfiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he wrote an article for the Washington, uh, I nerded out, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Washington Post about it. And uh, he noted that there, it was five counts of extortion, mailing threatening communications, making false statements to a government agency and he Mm. faced up to 16 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. He ends up pleading out. So when he pleads out his, he's ended up sentenced to 15 months in prison, Mm. two years supervised release, 500 hours of community service, $30,000 fine, $30,000 in restitution to Silverman because she pulled her daughter out of school. So yeah. she had to hire tutors. She hired bodyguards. Like oh, I was she gonna was going to say, she's got the money to protect herself at yeah, least. Yeah. She's doing all of that. So the judge in this case, Ann Thompson, had this to say, quote, the defendant's behavior was not an expression of love. Mm. It was an expression of anger, intimidation, and grotesque control. Yeah. Ooh. That's so good. So good. So aftermath. He loses his position on the bench. He mm. resigned prior to trial. He resigns his law license. Like he oh, gives wow. it up. Yeah. Wow. He ultimately ended up serving 11 months out of the 15 months. And he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Oh, boy. And now he's an advocate for mental illness. So he. Wow. The, yeah. So it's sort of like this, this story of this terrible thing. And then there is this bit of redemption. And this was what was hard for me because Mm. his case, he did claim like that he, you know, had a mental illness and he kind of, he just lost it Mm. and he is diagnosed with bipolar and, you know, like mental illness and crime, like that's a thing. And it's hard to separate because yes, this crime was committed and yes, it's terrible. But then if there's a mental illness, it's hard. But the difference is here that I hear from this story than any other story is they want to, they claim the mental illness. I'm not saying claim, but they want to be diagnosed so they can get a lesser sentence or not be punished. He said, this is what's happening with me. Give me the punishment. I'm going to give you my law license. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to pay the, you know what I mean? Like at least he took full responsibility. Yes. Yes. But it probably scared her forever. I mean, come on. That's pretty scary. What what, what he was doing. Oh my God. Yeah. And like many others before him, you know, this sentence doesn't destroy his life too much. Yeah, right, he's not fine. he's not a big time judge anymore, mm. but he had wealth, he had connections course, to yeah. fall back on. It just smacks of this access to affluence, you know, mm. because this elite ruling class that has the money and power to control our political systems. And while he didn't commit a charge that was like 
an abuse of his powers of the bench, mm-hmm. you know, like bribery in exchange for a sentence or whatever. You know, we've heard so many things that the judges have done. He still committed a crime, but because he has access to so much, like if it was somebody else that didn't have his right. political pull or position, like what would the sentence, like would it have been the same outcome? Would there have been mm. as much leniency right. to the mental illness? You know, yes. it just... It was interesting. So some points of interest. Yes. When he ran for that county executive seat back in the 60s, mm-hmm. he was up against a Democrat, Eugene Nickerson. And although they were like two opposing parties running for this highly prized seat, the Historical Society of New York explained that these two ran a campaign that was, quote, so spirited, uplifting, and fairly fought. That not only did they remain lifelong friends afterwards, Mm. but it led to a documentary called Campaign American Style, which schools still show kids today about like how to campaign like in a good way. Wow. And I thought that was really cool. Campaign American Style? It's called Campaign American Style. I'm going to have to look that up. And even though it was decades ago, it's just a damn shame that we can't have something like that where we can't just engage in the political arena and have respect for the other person and and fight a clean fight. So you know what that reminds me of, of we, we just had a Broward County state attorney race in 2020 for Broward County. Yeah. I felt that from a lot of the candidates together. I felt like when I would see Josh Rydell and Harold Pryor, they they were were competing, but they were also like very friendly, like sitting next to each other. They would goof and they would joke. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think that there are certain candidates who, because they have so much in common anyway, yeah. they're both just fighting for the same seat, but they, yeah. have, they have the same ideals, but, the same well, beliefs. Yeah, but but that this was two opposing parties. I thought that yeah, was cool. cool. Yeah, that is I cool. was like, come on, can we can yes. we get back to this? Maybe, yes, yes. maybe we need to, maybe this should be required viewing. I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't say this yet. But yeah. maybe the yeah. idea of it should be required viewing for like when you go into politics. Yes. Like, hey, like, let's just try to be better. You I know? love it. So um, an interesting note about his arrest, Wolf reported that more FBI agents were involved in Walkler's arrest than for John Gotti. What the fuck? Yes. And when asked about that, officials cited the ransom that Silverman could pay. And they also referenced, so I guess around this time, there was a kidnapping and murder Mm. of Sidney Resto that year that was still fresh on their minds. Mm. And they probably didn't want to repeat. And Resto was an Exxon uh, executive. And so since this note, the notes were like talking about kidnapping the daughter and this and that. So maybe that thing just happened and they were just on a heightened, like you can't have another incident like that. But it was like 80, it was like 80 uh, FBI uh, officers involved. It's a lot. Yes. So, um, you know, he resigned his law license back in 93. He got it back in 2007. So they like reinstated it for him. He wrote a memoir called After the Madness that talked about his 11 months in prison and his battle with mental illness. Mm. Again, that's what he said he was suffering from. And then here's a little fun fact. Okay. Silverman and Walkler's wife were step cousins. And that's how they could be out in public and like be together oh my because gosh. Um, no one suspected anything right. because she was in the family. They're related and oh, wow. no one. Wow. Yeah. And I think he met her when she was like in her teens. Uh, yeah, I know. Which means he was in his what thirties? He was twenty years older. Twenty years older, yeah. Ugh, so uh, this man, at ninety, maybe Ooh. going on ninety-one years old, is still adjuncting. 
He teaches a course on the First Amendment at his alma mater and is listed as, quote, distinguished adjunct professor of constitutional law and the First Amendment. Wow. Yeah. Look at this guy. And he even, um, (laughs) there was a a public relations firm that he was going to speak virtually back in September, but I guess it didn't, you know, come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Law and Order episode censure from 1994. Because you know how Law and Order, like they yes, take from the headlines, from the headlines yeah, yeah. <laughs> was about this case. And there was also a Vanity Fair confidential episode about it as wow. well. So that's the story of the jilted judge from New York, Saul Walkler. Oh my God, I love it so Isn't that much. a great little story? I loved it. I saw it and then... Are there photos of him with the hat on and everything or do we have that or is there any... I don't think... I don't know if there are photos. Oh God, that would be so great. Yeah, I'll see what I can find. Okay. <laughs> my turn. <gasps> now I get to relax. I don't know what's going on with me lately, but it's like I'm doing... I'm like Law & Order Rip from the headlines, motherfucker. <laughs> Last week I covered uh, I want to watch Abbott. this episode. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last week I covered Greg Abbott of Texas. And this yes. week I'm covering current Ooh, girl. South Dakota <gasps> Attorney General <gasps> Jason Roundsburg. Oh. Now, I have to tell you, his last name is spelled R-A-V-N-S-B-O-R-G. And I had to watch like news clips to figure out how the fuck I'm supposed to say this. Well, and I have to say, like I feel Roundsburg. like I feel like I'm saying this name wrong because I yeah. usually will listen yeah. and I didn't this time. So right. I don't apologies know. Apologies, everyone, if yes. I'm an idiot. Yeah, if I'm saying this <laughs> wrong too. Sorry. Um, okay, so let's talk about <laughs> this is an unfolding story. I mean, we're up to like as, la- as of last week. Right. Oh. Like there's still stuff happening. So let me tell you a little about, about, about this guy though. So Roundsburg was born in Ch- Cherokee, Iowa and graduated from Cherokee, Washington high school and the university of South Dakota with a bachelor of science in history and political science. While in college, he participated in the army reserve officers training corps program and received a commission as an army transportation corps officer. Later, he attended the University of South Dakota School of Law and graduated with his Juris Doctor degree in 2001, as well as his Master's of, in History from the University of South Dakota. So big time, all his degrees and schooling, right? And, um, but also still in the military. So he had four companies under his command when he was during his military oh, career. Wow. Yeah. He was deployed on three different occasions to Germany in support of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2003. <laughs> I love these names. They're I know. So gross when you look back <laughs> at this. To Iraq in uh, support of Operation Iraqi Freedom in mm. 2004 and to Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2009. <sighs> We so, love to throw that word freedom, freedom around. Yeah. Who are we to oh, go by the around way, and, and, yes. and, and free people? I'm so glad that you just said that. I've been wa- I've been looking at these clips from CPAC, which is happening in Orlando right now. Oh. And our governor was at CPAC, and he said that Florida was an oasis of freedom. And I thought to myself, oh. what in the Wait. fuck does that mean? And yeah, what is with the result? all these bills coming out? But what's That's... the result? Yeah, but what's the result of oh. oasis of freedom? Everybody has fucking COVID. Yeah. We have a what record number of deaths. He's, he's full of it. He's a piece of shit. My husband, I didn't get a chance to read it, but he sent me... And it was CPAC organizer denounces critics spotting what looks like. Oh, no. Did you see this? The, the Nazi looks symbol. looks like a Nazi symbol The on stage, stage was shaped like a Nazi symbol. No. Not the, not the, not the so one I haven't you, read it yet. So it's not the one you would recognize as like that. That It looks like a square, yeah. but it's these Is lines. it the SS? Um, it might be. It looks like a diamond, and then it comes out and goes up. Like, it's very, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Go look at Tomas it's disgusting. Kennedy's. It's Tomas, disgusting. It's gross. Tomas Kennedy tweeted about it, and you but should We got to get, we got get, get rid of these. We don't need this in our society. I'm sorry. It, and there's, nothing's a coincidence. <laughs> oh, please, please. So he There's was awarded. So, 
I know. God, I'm so mad now. Okay, tell me your story. So he can... was awarded the Bronze Star Medal after coming under enemy fire in Iraq. He was a battalion commander of the 394th Combat Service Support Battalion, commanding over 600 soldiers in wow. North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Missouri. He's a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army Reserve. Oh, that's that's. Um, so as he's, so he's high ranking. He is, and he's also practicing law. So he was licensed to practice law in South Dakota and Iowa, as well as the federal district courts for South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, and the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals and the Federal Court of Claims. Um, in 2004, he joined the law firm of Ham- Harmelick and Fox in Yankton, South Dakota. Um, and then in 2006, he became a partner there. And he also served as a deputy state's attorney for Union County. Mm. Okay, so he runs for office, and he did it in, in 2014. He runs for U.S. Senate, and he came in fifth in the Republican primary. Bye. Bye. So he continues probably, I would say, probably building his name, right? Yeah. And so in 2018, he runs for uh, st- state attorney. Uh, I mean, attorney general, sorry, for South Dakota. So um, he runs in 2018. He begins campaigning in February 2017. But he keeps practicing law, and he's uh, continuing his work as a state attorney. And um, he wins the Republican nomination in June 2018. And he was endorsed in the general election by 40 county sheriffs, the Fraternal Order of Police, 30 states' attorneys, the F- the NRA, the South Dakota Right oh. to Life, and the Family Heritage Alliance. Okay, well, we know who we're dealing with. Yeah, and this is similar to um, who you covered last week, like the like the, the same the power that an attorney general yes holds, yeah. and if the, with this conservative leaning is really scary. Yeah, um, and then he was elected on November sixth, twenty eighteen. Okay. So a little bit about what he was, where he stood on things as an attorney general for guns. Roundsburg said during his campaign, he would fight to uphold District of Columbia v. Heller and McDonald versus the city of Chicago, which was about um, open carry. Okay. Um, uh. He was a lifelong member of the NRA, of course. And then he testified in support of state Senate Bill 47, a bill to allow carrying of guns without a permit. I mean... Li- Okay. So Governor Christy Noem, I think that's how you say her last name, Christy Noem signed the bill into law, making South Dakota the 14th state to enact such a law. So you can carry a gun without a permit in the state. Without a permit, Tina. I know. I just, that's just like willy-nilly. Anyone just yeah gets a gun. It's crazy. I, I, I don't know. Um. So as far as like drug policy and probation, Roundsburg was unsuccessfully, ha, has unsuccessfully sought to restrict presumptive probation in South Dakota. So pr- Presumptive probation is a law that mandates that people, that persons convicted of certain nonviolent lower level felonies, such as drug possession or use of drugs, be sentenced to probation unless a, a judge determines that a significant <gasps> risk to the public exists. So, like, the same thing was like low, like yeah. a small amount of marijuana. And that you're automatically on You probation. get probation instead of actually getting charged. Like, you don't get, oh. you know what I mean? It's not, it's supposed to keep your, the, the, uh, to, to keep, keep someone out of, out of jail. Yes. He okay. was against that. He's against oh, that. okay, okay. So, I um, thought it was I. I you did misunderstood. It I did it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. No. So he. It's just presumptive means that we're going to assume everybody who got who has been arrested for this is going to get just probation. Okay. So he wanted to get rid of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he he just. But then I just I I love this. It's like you want to come because then people complain our our jails are overcrowded right. and this and that and this and that. Well, but yeah, then you so don't want to do happens. anything yeah, to, so exactly. to combat it. Exactly. He made proposals to eliminate or restrict presumptive probation central to his campaign when he was running for office. And the pro- but the proposals failed due to insufficient support from the state legislature. And then state lawmakers and Governor Noam expressed concern about the proposals after a budget. He's still trying to do it after he got elected. A budget estimated project 
estimate projected that it would cost the state $54 million in additional jail and prison costs over a decade. And if for they someone got that rid just of has, the presumptive yeah, probation. And if you just have some pot or whatever, like, yeah. you don't need to be sitting in a jail cell. And he's still pushing it today. Like, still in 2020, he's been trying to push Legalize this, it, or in last year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Come on. So there's something called faithless electors cases. I don't know if you've heard of this. So in, in 2020, Roundsburg joined a coalition of 44 states and the District of Columbia in filing an amicus brief with the U.S. Supreme Court supporting Colorado and Washington regarding the Electoral College and faithless electors in the cases of Chafalo versus Washington and Colorado Department of State versus Baca. The brief supported the rights of states to bind electors to their state's votes. So this is pre-November election, right? Mm. Basically, what they're saying is if Trump wins and you have people who are going to swear that Biden won, like they can't do that. Or, or they're going to change the way they're going to vote. Oh, I, yes. That's you know a big saying? thing. Yes, So yes, that yes. they were worried that if Trump won, but the person who actually records the votes, that, that they it makes them hold to what the people voted for. Right. In the state. Which, you know. Right. But they were thinking that it was going to be. The that, other that way. Rights. Yeah. So the Supreme Court unanimously ruled that a state may penal, uh, penalize, penalize, yeah. penalize, penalize, penis, a faithless elector <laughs> for breaking their pledge by voting for someone other than the presidential candidate who won the state's popular vote. Yeah, I feel like they can't do that. No. So, wrong with of course, uh, he challenges the 2020 election results, right? <laughs> so so he, he wants it both ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. he just wants it for the way that's going to work for want, him. And he wants what the people want. And then all of a sudden it's what the people say we want. Yeah. Biden. He's like, no, 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 no. no. Wait a minute. Yeah, we yeah. got to challenge this. Because <laughs> he was so delusional to think that <sighs> Trump was going to win. Right. Yeah. So on December 8th, 2020, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton sued Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, where certified results showed Joe Biden defeated Trump. Mm. Paxton, Roundsburg uh, and 16 other states attorneys general who supported Paxton's challenge of the election results alleged numerous instances of unconstitutional actions in the four states presidential ballot tallies arguments that had been already that had already been rejected in other states and federal courts but they can't let they it can't, fucking they can't go. Let it go and i was thinking they don't want to let it go because it keeps their name in the press yeah it keeps them um on the in the front of people's minds for their own re-election it's not that they really give a fuck about trump winning it's yeah. about themselves at that point because the courts have already ruled that this is bullshit stop doing this yeah you're just a disruption at this point yeah you know? no no they just they by the just, way don't you have anything else to do no it's it's like the we've talked about these these uh the roger stones the yes. matt gates like all about no matter it's all about keeping like you said keeping your name out there good yes, or bad it's yes. just press 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 Ugh, press it's the worst and it's an abuse of like the American people. It's so, quite frankly. And, the, and, and the it's so egotistical. So, like just, yes. just check yourself a little it's bit. It's ridiculous. So in Texas v. Pennsylvania, Paxton asked the U.S. Supreme Court to invalidate the state's 62 electoral votes, allowing Trump to win a second presidential term. Because the suit had been, has been characterized as a dispute between states, the Supreme Court retained original jurisdiction, though it often declines to hear such suits. And then they came back and they said, oh, there's no evidence of consequential illegal voting in this election. Paxton's lawsuit included claims that had been tried unsuccessfully oh in other God. courts and shown to be false, but he still filed it. Yeah. Officials from each, meanwhile, he's in Texas yeah. where we're about to have a storm where the shit's going to hit yeah. the fan, you motherfucker. Maybe you should be focusing on going after these companies who aren't keeping up on, on, oh, on they don't keeping care. their equipment right. Yeah, they don't care. Mm. Officials from each of the four, by the way, if Trump was in office, he'd be down in Texas throwing blankets at people, you know, or something. Oh, like he's such a please. piece of shit. 
please. Officials from each of the four states said Paxton's lawsuit recycled false and disproving claims of irregularity. Um, election law expert Rick Hasen called the lawsuit, quote, the dumbest case I've ever seen filed on an emergency <laughs> basis at the Supreme Court. And this Court. is an attorney general. Yeah. The you U.S. Know, Senator Ben it, Sasse. It's a waste of everybody's time because you know how much time it is. <laughs> oh, my God. To put the, like, the paper, the people. Like, please, it's, please. You're wasting money. Yeah. You're wasting people's time. Like, go do your job. Yeah. Don't get involved. It's yeah. not having anything to do no, with yeah, you. Why do you care so yeah. much? U.S. Such Senator a- Ben Sassy or Stacey said the situation of Paxton initiating the lawsuit, quote, looks like a fella begging for a pardon filed a PR stunt. Ooh. <laughs> uh, in reference to Paxton's own state and federal legal issues, he had security fraud and uh, charges and abuse of a let office allegation. So mm. he's over here. Got He got his own bit, uh, bullshit happening and he's over here fucking with everybody. On December 11th, the Supreme Court quickly rejected the suit in an unsigned opinion. Okay. So you know who we're, we got going on here. Yeah. So let's talk about his, this guy, uh, Jason Roundsburg's major incident. And I learned Ooh. about this on Twitter Ooh. because there was a story in the Washington Post and somebody has shared like a clip of it. And they're like, oh, shit, the shit is hitting the fan in this case. And I read it and I was like, what is this? And so Ooh. this is wild. This is wild. Oh, okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. On September 12th, 2020. Oh, this is super This recent. is just happening. Yeah. yeah. Roundsburg struck and killed <gasps> a pedestrian. No. While driving home from a South Dakota Republican Party fundraiser in Redfield, about 110 miles from no. his home in Pierre on U.S. Highway 14 west of Highmore in South Dakota. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so, covered in goosebumps right now. By the now. way, that's my worst nightmare. Oh I have my God. the worst nightmare of hitting somebody with my car. I don't know. Yeah. It fucking freaks me out. I've And even when I started driving, I remember being so fucking scared I might hit well, somebody. And, you know, the other day I was in here. Sometimes it's hard to see. A pedestrian yeah. coming yes, out. Yes, yes. And that happened to me the other day as someone, I was turning, mm. like following the traffic yeah. rules, like, you know, driving. Oh my God. And this person, um, it was one of the the guys like asking for money on the side and he, mm. he popped almost right in front of my car. And I was like, oh my God, I, 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 it freaked me out. Yeah. You know, um, and I can't imagine, was he under the influence? Okay, or? so yeah, let's get into this. So. He later said that after the collision, while he was still in his car, he called the Hyde County Sheriff's Office and reported that he thought he had struck something but did not know what. <gasps> okay. Wait, he didn't call 911. Wait, this oh, is no, so fucking... What no, happened no, is so no. wild, girl. After making the call, he said he exited his car to survey the damage. Sheriff Mike Volick went to inspect uh, Roundsburg's car, which was too damaged to drive. So Volick, the sheriff, then lent Roundsburg his personal vehicle to well, drive himself home. So no sobriety. So no sobriety tests. No, not like bye. like like anyone else in the world. Yeah. would have had to go through no the proper procedure. Tina, no, that did not happen. So nine one one wasn't even called. No. So well, no he did. ambulance. He called the local. Sh- well, he probably called the local number, right? Yeah. No. Right, but I mean, no, an ambulance. Nothing. Wait, nothing. wait, wait. You don't understand. He got out, looked at the car. He didn't see anything. He didn't see uh, any person. He didn't see any animal. He saw nothing. He knew he hit something. He thought it was, let, hold on, let me get into Let me get into this. So 55-year-old pedestrian Joe Biber uh, had been walking along the side of the highway. Oh, Roundsburg said he discovered the victim's body <gasps> the next morning when he returned to the, sh- the sheriff's office 
he returned the sheriff's car and then went to the scene of the accident in an attempt to find the carcass of the deer he thought he had struck. And then he finds this <gasps> man's dead oh my God. body oh my God. on the side of the fucking oh road. My. 55 years old. God. Okay. So then an investigation of the collision like was finally initiated the next day, right? So the victims, but this is like, this is now, hold on because this is so fucked. The victim's broken reading glasses were discovered inside Roundsburg's Ford Taurus, <gasps> leading detectives to tell Roundsburg that, quote, his face was in your windshield, end quote. Roundsburg denied seeing the man's body or the glasses in his car. This fucking guy hit this person, and this the guy's head came oh through God. the windshield. And his oh, glasses. Wait, the windshield was broke. Yes, <gasps> and the 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 guy's glasses were inside oh the God. car, and he's saying, "I think I hit a deer." Oh no 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 no. Tina. No no no. Come no, on. No 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 no. And no, then no, goes no. home and leaves him out there all night. He could have been alive. He could have had help. Who knows? Oh my God! And, and he's the glasses were in the car. He's out there alone. This fucking guy. Well, oh my god! By the way, you can go watch the, the video of this of them talking to him in the police station, and they tell him. Oh, by the way, the glass his glasses were in your car. These belong. These aren't yours, right? No, no, no. These were the victim's glasses, and he was like, he just like kind of put his arms up, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no. what the fuck is happening right now? So I wonder what compelled him to go back the next day if he knew he hit a person. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe to, to, to what? To like. Do you know what this kind of just started to, reminding to, me of? The Ted Kennedy thing. I, that, I yeah. was thinking that too. Maybe he went back too to, to really like, uh, shore sure. up. Well, no, to shore up this story oh, right. of like, no, I'm going to look for a deer. Oh my God. Yeah. Because I'm so shocked to have found this body here. You know what I mean? But also, to if like, you think you hit a deer, are you going to look for that body? No. I mean, I don't. Nobody I, would. I wouldn't. So uh, yeah, that's why I think this is to like yeah, to, to say to say like I really had no idea. It's fuck. And by the way, did he sleep that night? Oh my god! Could he have possibly have fallen asleep, knowing this? He, he, saw this he was face probably come the he was probably drunk. Well, okay, he's coming from a party. Yes, I mean. So um, the victim's wife said she was not notified of his death until twenty two hours after the collision. <gasps> right, because it's the next day oh, when they find the body goodness. in November of twenty twenty. Investigators for the state of Department of Public Safety indicated that Roundsburg had been driving while distracted at the time of the incident, but did not say what caused the distraction. Oh, so he was on the phone. Mm. The secretary of the DPS indicated the department was making details and evidence from its investigation available to the state's attorney in Hyde County. In early December 2020, the deputy state's attorney for Hyde County indicated that she and a team of state's attorneys from throughout the state, so not just her county, she wanted to make sure everybody's on, everybody understands, like, no... There's going to be no funny business here, right? right? We're all going to take a look at this. Um, we're reviewing the evidence and would decide by Christmas whether to recommend charges. So the team was still reviewing evidence as of December 28th. And when the state's attorney for Minnehaha County confirmed that they were waiting results from testing on, quote, debris that was in the middle of the test scene, end quote, and that a decision on whether to charge Roundsburg was still pending. So the governor then, Noam, Governor Noam, yeah. Christy Noam, she criticized the slowness of the investigation, suggesting in January 2021 that a grand jury be um, impaneled in order to bring a speedy resolution to this case. Um, finally, on February 17th, 2021, oh, so this is like Roundsburg was charged with three misdemeanors, including oper operating his vehicle while using his cell phone, driving outside his lane, and careless driving. 
Each charge carries a maximum penalty of 30 days in jail and a fine of $500. Wait, but no vehicular manslaughter? No. That's not a charge. Nope. Where's this family suing the hell oh, well, out of them? You know that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen. He killed someone. I know. It's This is... Well, so this just happened, these charges, so I'm sure that there is a case now coming from the family, but like... Yeah, but that's not going to be a criminal. A that's not going to be a criminal right. case. It'll be a civil case, It'll be right? civil. So, and so they I start... can't believe that they would not... If it was any other person... Right. That ve- vehicular manslaughter would be there. Right. It's disgusting. Uh, hello? So, and by the way, his... Okay, so let's get into this impeachment, right? Because now they're like... All the pe- lawmakers are like... Get, get out. the fuck out. Yes. On February 24th, 2021, in response to the charges and to the public release of almost six hours of detectives' interviews with Roundsburg, Governor Noam called on Roundsburg to resign. Roundsburg said he would not resign, <gasps> and he believes he can still effectively perform the attorney general's duties. He's so no shame. I would shame. be in a ball no on the floor shame. of my shower, like crying. No shame. He's I mean, killed someone. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. What, the, what a trash. What a trash, trash, trash yeah. person. On the same day, a group of state representatives led by Will Mortensen submitted two articles of impeachment against Roundsburg, with Mortensen saying, quote, I do not believe Attorney General Roundsburg belongs in prison, but I know he does not belong in the office of the Attorney General anymore, end quote. Like, it's an accident. Maybe that's what he's saying, but he's yeah. like, but you shouldn't be here anymore. Like, you're supposed to be a law, like the top right, lawman right. in the but, state. But But the thing is... With the distracted driving, yes, it's an accident, but you you have the choice to look down at your phone. Yes, that's true. You're right. You know what I yeah. mean? And they have on the apps where you could put, I'm driving, yeah, I'm driving. right now. Yes. Do not disturb. I agree. So the impeachment articles were co-sponsored by the state house's two party leaders, House Majority Leader Kent Peterson, who's a Republican, and House Minority Leader Jamie Smith, who's a Democrat. So everybody's coming together. Yeah. We're all going to come together for this guy. Uh, let's see. So a little, the last thing I just, because this is still ongoing, we really yeah. don't know. We know he's there. I don't know what's going to happen with the impeachment hearings. Hopefully they'll. Yeah, you'll have to, up, like you'll it. have to update us as yeah. far as like how much time Shit and if they ever, yeah. they, what if happens. ever they put a vehicular manslaughter but no right i mean the charges are set the charges are set um and also so i just wanted that there was something else i thought was interesting is that um his history of vehicular violations <gasps> and so he's pleaded guilty to six speeding infractions between 2014 and 2018 and he just pays the fine and he's received two additional speeding citations in iowa so i mean so it he's all a reckless to driver like, yeah that he's, he's just, just reckless yeah and he hasn't learned his lesson. No. And, and wow, 30 days, he'll probably get... For each charge. So we're talking about a total of 90 days and right. $1,500. If, if, that, if that. Yeah. So it, he'll probably e- e- get, you know, uh, probation mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe he spends a month in jail. Maybe it's going to be like a, like those, those, those parents in the, 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 the college yes. scam, yes. you know, yes. it's like, oh, they they get a couple of months and it's and like this huge going. Day. Yeah, please. And who knows, should he lose his, is this something you'd lose your yes. law license over? Yes. You're a criminal. Yeah. Well, but with this charge, I don't know. I, I mean, know. the charges that they have against him, no. I know. Vehicular manslaughter, probably. Oh, Tina. Wow. I know. I feel so bad for that family. I can't believe that he wouldn't call an ambulance. The guy could have been saved unless he got out, saw, saw that it. the guy was dead. I mean, isn't and then that just possible? Pol- yeah. I mean, maybe he just knew the guy was dead from the from the. How, and by the way, how dark is it? How dark is it out there on the highway that you don't see a body fucking well, on the ground? I know, but they're in South Dakota. They're probably like those streets, but there's probably no street light this lamps. Is crazy, you know. I mean, 
I'm just imagining like a long, dark like, highway. Yeah. Um, I had a very nice and lovely conversation with State Senator Jason Pizzo this week. Yes. Because uh, I've mentioned before on the podcast that he is in charge of, he's the chairman of the Criminal Justice Committee in the State Senate. Yes. And uh, I was disappointed bill. to hear that, I read in the paper that he was going to hear the anti, the mob, anti-mob riot bill that we've discussed several times here. And I, I was under the impression he could just pull it. And after, so I put a big post on my Facebook and I was tagging him on it. And he finally commented and said, I'd love to chat about this. And I was like, great. And then he sent me a direct message and I gave him my phone number and he called me that afternoon. And I, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the fact that we have like 67 friends in common yes. on Facebook, but we had a really lovely conversation. And he explained to me how all of this works in the Senate, how these committees work and what he's doing to, um, ensure that. Good legislation is passed in the Senate. That's all I'll really say about it. Um, But I did also invite him on the podcast um, because I think a really interesting conversation with Jason Pizzo would be to talk about what it's like. I mean, he's 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 done a lot. He's done a lot, but also to talk about what it's like to be a chairman as a Democrat in a majority run Republican state Senate. How do you navigate those waters? I think that would be a fucking great conversation. It would be amazing. So he's like, well, you got my number, so let me know. We are going to get him on the show. Yes, yes. So I'm excited about that. I have a quick little funny story, and then we're going to do your birthday. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So, um... I was helping with a, a campaign yes, and dropping lit. And this is the first time it was a very weird thing that happened. Uh, you know, and we're, and, and it's this um, contact list. So it's just put hanging door hangers yes. and, you know, you get a list and you just put them on the houses that yeah. are on your list. And so I put one on a house and mm. I'm walking away from the house and a woman opens the door uh-huh. in her underwear. Excuse me? And starts screaming at me about, I don't vote for Democrats. Get this trash off my... Like flipping Holy out shit. in her underwear. And just well. and she took the door hanger and she threw it at me. And she's like, oh. get this off of my property. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, it's a nonpartisan race, but thank you. I'll take it. No problem. But wow. I've never had anyone like come out in their underwear to scream at me before. Well, <laughs> that's what happens in my house all the time. I walk oh. around my underwear and start screaming at everybody. Yeah. Well, that, but you're in your house. You're not taking oh, that's it outside. Insane. You're not that's taking insane. it outside. But that's the level. That's where we are in America. That's an America story. Right oh now. my God. We are at the point where I it's was like, like, wow, I don't even care if I have pants on. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how I feel yeah. about something. I was like, dang, that is a, uh, oh God. Tina's so excited about this birthday present. Okay. I hope. Okay. Oh, Tina. You always say that. Don't give it a disclaimer. I'm sure it's beautiful and fantastic. All right. Give it to me. I am so excited. (laughs) So excited. So excited. I keep saying. She she tries to hand me the bag and then she takes it away. Okay. 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 I'm so excited to open this present. Okay. It's a shirt. Uh 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 Okay. It's a black (laughs) t-shirt. Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! Tina! Oh my god! I am so excited! Oh my god! Oh my god! I have been like dying to. First of all, I reached out to our favorite, favorite, favorite best friend. I gotta catch my breath. 
The only thing that would have made this better is if Ted Deutsch was wearing this shirt right now, and that was my birthday present. But oh my god, I my stomach just fucking fell to the oh, like. I'm my. gonna cry. I am so. This is like the this. most amazing fucking present. Oh, there's only there's only three in existence. Oh, I can't even look at it. So it's yeah. a it's a hella full of dads podcast T-shirt. Yes, and I. I am I'm beside myself right now. <laughs> it is like my favorite thing oh ever my to listen God. to. They, so, I like I'm so in love with them and I think they're so, like the best people ever. They this are. is so So Tina I, Okay, oh, so I have to tell you Tell I, me the story. Okay, so oh I God. contacted um <laughs> Hello's Full of Dads and yes. was like, Hey, you know, um I think it may have been Barefoot Lobo first. I don't know, but whatever. I was like, can we have this happen? And then I, Barefoot was like, yes, we can do it. We went back and forth. Oh my and I was God. like, I need it. This was like a few weeks ago. I'm like, I need it for, but then the snowstorm hit. Oh yeah. And so then the other day I was like, I know the snow, like if it doesn't happen, like I totally understand because, yes. you know, but like, you know, and it was in the mail and I was so excited, but I had to pick it up. What? <gasps> oh my god if you tell me that you fucking met barefoot lobo i'm gonna kill you with my bare fucking hands what i said i had to pick it up are you out of your are you fucking kidding me right now <laughs> to, they, listen it happened yesterday right, i'm sorry don't, don't hate me but i went Oh my God. I picked I'm, it up. So, uh, you know what? Take this shirt no. and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had to pick it up. So is I he ran as a, cute in person as I think he is? Adorable. Oh, God damn it. I know. But yeah, we just chatted for a little bit. Ugh. And um, his wife, who I know, yes, um, yes. I chatted with her. I haven't seen her since she was pregnant. Wow. So I got to talk to her for a bit. And um, So wait a minute. Does Cody have the shirts? Or like... I think he had it made. He had it made. Cody had it made? Yeah, I believe so. I'm going to fucking I, cry. Because I was like, yeah, yeah I, I was like, can we make this happen? Because I oh was like, God. I really wanted you to have this shirt. You know, I am so <laughs> in love with the shirt. I'm yes. going to sleep in it. I'm going to like <gasps> run in it. I'm going to do everything in the shirt. Oh my God. I was, I was so excited. So, and I'm, and I felt so bad that I was going to meet barefoot, but I had to get I this. I tell you, I feel like I'm not even cool enough to wear this shirt. Oh my God. Like they are the fucking coolest people yes. ever. <gasps> Tina. So you have one of three Hello oh my God. Of shirts, original, I'm like, I'm so original, in love. I, I can't even original merch. Uh, <laughs> we don't even have this kind of merch. We this don't have like, this merch. No. This is my favorite thing ever. I cannot believe how fucking special I feel right now. Oh my God. I've been like, Tina. I've been dying for weeks to like give, it's like, like to have this come and give this to you. the most amazing shirt I've ever fucking seen. You could not have done better. You oh, could not have yay, done better. Yay, yay, but you know yay. why? Cause you're one of my soulmates and you uh-huh. know what I love. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so happy. Oh my God. Yay. I can't wait to take a picture in it and send oh, it to my, my two super secret oh boyfriends and yes. tell them how much I love them. Yes. Yes. <gasps> Oh my Isn't God. it awesome? It's I, amazing. So when it came in, it was full up and I was like, I got to fold it the other way. So she opened <laughs> Like, and my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Oh my God. This so. makes me Yay. so, I mean, how can I be so excited about something like this? You know why I, they're in my head all the time. Like, yes. I think they're well, like and the in, best in your headphones. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yay. Happy birthday! Well, I have, my birthday is in a couple of days, and I this has already kicked. Like, yeah, I got to tell you, yeah. I woke up in a terrible mood today. Very sad, very sad. I think it's because my weekend is too busy. It's busy, and when my weekend is too busy, like my week is busy, I I cannot relax. Yes, and so I got to just get through this week, and then I can hang out with my friends and see, yes. hang out with my family on Saturday, hang out with yes. my friends at night, and have some fun. 
I am fucking wearing my Hell is Full of Dad shirt to my birthday party on Saturday, and everybody's going to fucking know Yay. where the business is. Oh, um, my God. But I cannot end without saying happy birthday also to my sister. We have the <gasps> same right. birthday. That's right. You guys have the same birthday. We do. Happy and birthday. Yes. And she's uh, she's just the best. So happy birthday, Jen. I hope you have a wonderful yes. day. I hate, I had to tell you, like, I hated sharing a birthday with her. It was so terrible to have the same birthday yes. with somebody in the house. But the second she moved away, it was like, oh, my, well, my, why does it just say Hillary on this cake, right? Um, but we've got to celebrate just a couple of times together since she's moved yeah. away. Um, we went to Nashville when she turned 40, which was amazing. But uh, it's so, so birthdays can be a little sad for me yes. because I don't have my sister. But uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm so thrilled. This yay, is exciting and yay, you've made yay, my yay. day. Oh, I'm so happy. And thank you to... Cody and Nathan. Yes. Thank you guys so, so, so much yes. for doing that this. That was like, incredible. I, I'm so, so thankful. Like, I just was, I was like, I have to have, like, I don't know. I just thought, like, what would Hillary love? And I was like, I need to get oh my this God. shirt for her. <laughs> I'm obsessed with their podcast. So, I'm obsessed yeah. with it. So oh They're my God. so good. Yeah. <sighs> Forget about it. Oh, Tina. Yay. What okay. a show. What an episode. All right. Uh, well, I guess I will see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.